0: You are Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Sun so Devil fans, we welcome you to a Tuesday edition of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. As always, I am your host, Connor Dries, joined always by my co-host, Richie Bradshaw. We have a special guest for you today that we'll be talking about in just a moment. But today we're going to talk to you a lot about some Herm Edwards information, kind of some overall issues with just him as a head coach over the last couple of seasons. And then maybe some overall recruiting issues that we've been seeing over the last couple of weeks for the 2022 class and beyond. And then we'll be talking about the canceled game against Utah for the Sun Devils basketball team. Yet another game canceled for this uh, for this basketball team. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Sun Devils your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. This episode is also brought to you by Sonos. Uh, Experience the game like never before with the Sonos Arc, the premium smart soundbar for TV, movies, music, gaming, and more. Visit Sonos.com to learn more. Gentlemen, welcome. I I had alluded to a special guest for today. Richie, before we get to you, I'm just going to be polite. We welcome back our friend of the podcast, Donnie Druin, who is the host for AllSunDevils.com. That is Sports Illustrated's uh, essentially website for ASU's page. Sun Devil expert, Donnie Druin. How are you doing today, sir?
1: Good. It's always a, uh, a busy time of the recruiting cycle uh, with National Signing Day coming up. And obviously the transfer portal has been uh, somewhat hot for the Sun Devils. But, you know, with basketball season not exactly happening right now, uh it gives us a little bit more of an opportunity to focus on football basketball season's not happening i see games played every day uh you know uh some would argue even when the sun devils took the court and played basketball they weren't exactly there um but you know i, I can't confirm nor deny
0: uh that's what we're talking about the sun devils the sun devils aren't playing very much basketball that's yeah. right ruti
2: now it's you my friend how you doing sir i'm doing good it is a it is a wonderful day in the neighborhood like that uh, you had already alluded to. And I am obviously very excited to be talking once again to number one friend of the podcast, Donnie Druin.
0: Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, make sure to follow Donnie Druin on Twitter. Uh, you can find his uh, Twitter page essentially at Donnie Druin. And then for uh, the Sports Illustrated Sun Devil site, that's at all Sun Devils, all one word. Uh, so make sure to give him a follow like and never miss any of his tweets. Got a lot of great content about the Sun Devils. You can also follow Richie and I on Twitter. You can find me at Drios and find Richie Bradshaw at Richie Brads with a Z36. We also have our Locked on Sun Devils Twitter page. That's at LO underscore Sun Then we have content that comes out Monday through Friday, giving you the best Sun Devils content, football, basketball, and otherwise. You can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Odyssey app. Donnie, as I had mentioned earlier, let's dig in a little bit more to some essentially, essentially just like Herm Edwards issues as far as like coaching staff, like just to kind of set the precedence, like when Herm Edwards was brought onto the staff at ASU, uh, I I think Rich and I have even said it before. It, It seemed like a shocking move at the time, but a lot of people playing for him right now got to watch him on TV, right? He's a great personality as he's shown throughout his tenure as a Sun Devils head coach, but things have not exactly gone swimmingly for him since he's been the coach of the Sun Devils football team.
1: Right. Absolutely. And uh, whenever he took over in 2018, there's this kind of glimmer of hope uh, within Sun Devil Nation, you know, just coming off of the uh, the Todd Graham era. And granted, um, you know, looking at everything going on at Hawaii right now, I don't know if you gentlemen have seen all the yep. Todd Graham stuff. Um, yep. Not exactly rave reviews for the fighting rainbow warriors over there on Todd Graham. So his end of the era is probably uh, set in stone sooner rather than later for Hawaii. But Refocusing back on Herm Edwards, the I guess the allure for Herm, at least in the recruiting department, was he can go into any living room in America. He can identify with the player. He can identify with the parents of the recruits. Um, you know, the, the whole like Herm Edwards stick was about him being able to get. Your kid to the NFL, he already had experience coaching there. Um, you know, he knows what it takes. You know, he'll assemble a staff in order to ensure that your son, number one, was well taken care of whenever he was at Tempe, and number two, that he could potentially get to the next level. Now, granted, he has put fairly decent players in TNFL. Um The list is Nicky not yep Yeah. Yep. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brandon Ayuk, if the 49ers ever do decide to uh, use them like they are using Deep Samuel. Um, the the talent is there, uh, but it's not extensive. It's not really anything to write home about. And then the investigation happens, right? And, you know, the the investigations for COVID and you know, them tampering with kids and them uh, paying for flights for them to have, uh, you know, on-campus visits, whenever they're not supposed to. It, it's a big whole mess. And that kind of dampened the whole, hey, Herm Edwards is about integrity. He's always going to do the right thing. The, the kind of, the, the one selling point for Herm as a recruiter with the investigation, was wiped away. And it's like, okay, well, after that happens, what do you have? Um, with the announcement of uh, Laniata Jr. Alexander to enter the transfer portal as of yesterday, Monday, January 10th, 13 players, 13, have entered the transfer portal since the investigation began in mid-June. Four players from the 2022 Arizona State class decommitted since the investigation first started in the middle of June. Now, obviously, I I think we've talked about this on the show before. Transfers are going to happen, right? I mean, Alabama just had two kids hit the transfer portal today, the day after they lost the national championship. It's nothing new. And especially with guys being able to basically go anywhere they want to and play immediately if it's their first time entering the portal, it's bound to happen.
2: Uh, but I wouldn't want to play room. for Alabama
0: either. Like I, yeah. I wouldn't want to play for a loser personally. So exactly.
2: <laughs> they're they're losers. I mean, that 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 that's all that needs to be said. They they lost two games this year. Can you believe that? Two.
1: Yeah, they uh they also lost some people money. I'm not gonna point any fingers, I'm not gonna make any declarations, but those guys are probably
2: losers. I mean, well. for what it for what it's that's worth, me. Alabama, Alabama lost more games than U of A won this year. Hey, that, that's wow. a fact. That That is a fact,
1: <laughs> although next year might be a different topic, with Jaden Delore transferring from Washington State to Arizona and Dad, then uh, the, the Wildcats still there. having one of the top recruiting classes in the Pac-12. But I don't even know if that's saying much at this point. Exactly. Yeah. So shifting back to Herm Edwards, there's a lot of, I don't want to say uh, negativity surrounding him. I know a lot of fans aren't exactly fan favorites of him. And, you know, to a certain extent, I do see it. But I was talking with Richie about this when I would drive up to Las Vegas for the Vegas Bowl, and uh, you know, talk about the investigation, what could possibly happen, and you know, various outcomes. So you know how this could all wrap up and conclude. And before before I speak on this, I want to get your guys' opinion on this. What exactly do you think is going to happen with the investigation? Like, what do you see coming out as a result of it? Do you think you know any more guys are going to hit the transfer portal? Do you think any more kids are going to decommit from twenty twenty two? You know, in terms of penalties, like what do you guys think? Because that's all going to play a factor into what I'm about to tell you.
2: So I'll I'll hop on first, but mm-hmm. I I'm I still just don't know. Like, I in my heart tells me that the NCAA is going to come down really really hard and make an example out of ASU, which to me comes across as taking away scholarships, taking away bull games and fines for the organization. But then there's another part of me that feels like the more realistic situation that's going to happen is it's going to be like the bare minimum where the NCAA does like just enough to be like hey and then you know just slap on the wrist and hey you you learn your lesson because if we're being honest a lot a lot of the teams in the, in, uh, in, or not a lot of teams, a lot of the colleges in the United States were also doing a lot of, a lot oh. of interviews and sit downs and meetings with kids during the COVID times. Like a- ASU wasn't alone in doing that. Unfortunately, ASU was very proactive in doing this. And I'm not trying to paint this image of like, Oh, well, we're not the only ones who do it. Like we're not, but it doesn't make it right. So I I think that you you got one of those two situations. If you ask me to definitively pick one, maybe it's because I'm a pessimist here, but I do think that ASU is going to get slammed.
0: So Richie, a lot of what you said, I I'm totally in line with going back to your point about the ASU is not the only one doing it. Like I know there might be people out there thinking like, well, ASU got caught, so they deserve to be punished kind of thing. Like, yeah, again, it doesn't make it right. Uh, there, there's a lot of things that happen under the table, um, kind of out of the the blind eye of the public view that just we never hear about, right? But at the end of the day, like this is what the NCAA stated. These were the rules, and Arizona a State violated it. So at the end of the day, like whatever they have coming, in my opinion, they, they deserve. So I, I'm, I'm listening to Donnie. I'm hearing the inflection in his voice and almost trying to anticipate how bad the, uh, the penalty is going to be. My opinion is more so, over to you the, the former of what you said. So potential uh, ball game losses, scholarship eligibility losses, um, things of that nature. Darny, to answer your other question, other transfers in 2020, uh, in 2022 from the current roster, yes, 100%. They're going to essentially replenish a lot of that through other transfer portal players themselves. It's just how many big names are you going to lose, right? How many former four-star players, uh, like the wide receiver we just lost yesterday, whose name's escaping me? on yada alexander yeah exactly how many four star or better uh or even right around that kind of caliber player are we going to continue to lose because the guys we're going to get back are going to be much closer to the three-star players so if you start to lose some of your quality you're only going to make up for it in quantity
1: so i think one of the big things that ever comes to investigation is how compliant is president michael Crow going to be With the NCAA, because I think that'll play a big factor into whether or not the NCAA wants to come down hard. Because we have to remember, um, according to the dossiers uh, obtained by Yahoo Sports whenever all of that stuff first broke, there's concrete evidence of all of this happening. Like Jaden Daniels' mom um, paying for flights for kids to visit Tempe, um, organizing everything. I mean, there's a bunch of emails. Antonio Pierce, uh, I I was honestly surprised that he was still able to be on the coaching staff. You have the three coaches that were placed on administrative leave that have yet to be brought off of them. And we're going on what, seven months now of them still not being allowed back onto the staff. I don't know how much longer the investigation is going to take, but what I can tell you is a coaching change, at least in my opinion, was never going to happen. At least for the investigation. And we've talked a lot about Herm Edwards, the recruiter. Um, there's a lot to be, I guess, left desired about, uh, the X's and O's Herm Edwards, you know, it, it, sometimes he pushes the wrong buttons. Uh, you know, he's conservative, he's conservative, excuse me, whenever he shouldn't be. Uh, he's a little bit too aggressive whenever he shouldn't be. He never really knows how to pick his battles, but I don't know if that's him. I don't know if that's his offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator. Nonetheless, though, Herm Edwards X knows a lot to be debated. What can't be debated, though, his leadership. The number one selling point for Herm Edwards the day he walked into Tempe was his ability to lead a group of guys. Connor, Richie.
2: That's me. That's what me. are they- <laughs> oh, you Hello. stole that? Darn you.
1: What are they going to need whenever this NCAA investigation drops down with maybe a hammer, maybe a pallet, wh- whatever it, whatever's brought down? What are they going to need? A leader, right? They're, they are going to need one singular person that can help group all of these college kids and pushed him through whatever adversity they're about to push through. The, the Herm Edwards was never going to lose his job.
0: I, so I agree with you for two reasons there. Um, one, like, at the end of the day, like, if you ask any of these players honestly, the reason that they might be leaving the program I don't think has to do anything about Herm Edwards so much the coach or the person. I, I think it has more to do with the circumstances that face the school themselves and their ability to compete moving forward. Um I can't forget the second reason I agree with you. Donnie, you make so many good points, but it's it's escaping me. But but no, definitely definitely agree there.
1: Well, here, let me let me prop this up for Richie and then Connie, you can kind of tell on us too. How short do you think the leash is for Herm Edwards moving forward? does it depend on the investigation? Does it depend on results? Like what do you guys kind of foresee happening?
2: It's just such a weird and fluid situation that we have Mm -hmm. to monitor, right? Because right now your expectations have not been met with the Herm Edwards era. Like, yes, we've talked about, like, they've put in some quality players into the NFL, which is like you said, that was like the big selling point with Herm is like, Hey, I've been to the NFL. I'm, I'm a leader of men. And I, I feel like I can get you there, but that, that hasn't resulted in us getting five stars out the wazoo. And it hasn't resulted in us putting guys into the NFL. Like it's nobody's business. Like, We've put in a Brandon IU. That that's the biggest name since then. Uh, Frank Darby, Rennell Wren, uh, you know, Benjamin. Like, there's been a handful of guys, but no one to the point where you're like, holy cow, yeah, dude, ASU really turning the corner here. But I, I mean, it just it, there's there's been a lot left to be desired from the Herm Edwards era. And unfortunately, I feel like that leash is going to get very short for him. And it just again, it's a fluid situation. I think it's going to kind of come down to how strict are these sanctions going to be? Because if they come down hard, I, I I, like like we talked about. Like, I feel like Herm would survive that if for no other reason than just to have some form of continuity Mm -hmm. during a very a very traumatic experience for Arizona State, and it would it would be hard to pull someone in, right? Like. Who would would immediately want to be your head coach knowing like, hey, we just lost scholarships and we don't have a bowl game this year. Like that would be a very tough selling point. That would put you in a really bad bind. So somehow, some way, Herm's job feels very, very safe right now.
1: Really quick, Connor.
2: Um, You
1: also have to remember, too, and this is why a lot of people were upset that Arizona State didn't exactly do anything this year in 2021. USC had a major down year. Oregon still stumbled over themselves. Utah had a magical season. You know They always seem to kind of be in the run. The, the point I'm making is a lot of the powerhouses in the Pac-12, you could throw Washington in there as well. A lot of those powerhouses had down years. This was supposed to be the year that Arizona State. Took advantage of all of that. And ran away and at least made a Pac-12 championship. Now you have Lincoln Riley at, at USC. Um, you have all these other Pac-12 schools um, looking to reload rather than rebuild. And so, if, if that's the case, how are you? How are you going to lure somebody in with Lincoln Riley and having to play him every year and the the kingdom, quote unquote, that he's supposed to be building over there at USC?
0: I don't want to say unfortunately because at, at the end of the day, like. Um, uh, uh, Pierce, right, what was kind of the, Donnie, as you had mentioned, was kind of really the head of uh, everything they were doing recruiting-wise. So even if Herm wasn't the one, like, technically violating the rules, you can't tell me he didn't know what was going on, right? So I, I don't want to say, like, I feel bad for Herm, but I, I think Herm's going to be used as the scapegoat here, talking about your other other question earlier. Um, I, I think it totally depends on the results. Uh, if they can still find a way to win football games and the is not that bad— they will take their lumps essentially that that direction, and then they will go try to win football games. If they can somehow get back to where they were with everything they've got going on with quality players leaving their program right now, honestly, that would feel like a total win if they can repeat the season that they just had, which we're talking about how down of a year that it was. So I, I think, unfortunately, assuming that ASU stumbles over themselves and they have a down year or two, her members is going to get the ax at some point or another. And until they can figure out what's going to happen to the program, no self-respecting coach is going to want, want to come in here and take that position until they know what they're dealing with. It, so, it, sorry. Good. We'll, we'll we'll kind of bring that to the next segment as well, as we're starting to talk about this still a little bit more for the second part of the podcast. Uh, but now we got to talk to you about one of our favorite sponsors here, Richie from get upside.
2: So you guys know, my name's Richard Bradshaw, but what you guys might not know is about this incredible new app called get up. Now, my listeners are making up to $0.25 cents per gallon of gas every time they fill up. All you got to do is download the GetUpside app, which is free, on the App Store or Google Play right now. With the promo code SCORE, you get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. So that's up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using get Upside. Just download the app for free and use that promo code SCORE to get up to $0.50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot, like myself, are making as much as two dollars to $300 a month in cashback, and there's no catch. The cash. The cashback gets added right to your account, and you can cash out anytime to your bank account, your PayPal, or even an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code SCORE to get up to $0.50 cashback on your first tank. That's promo code SCORE on GetUpside.
0: Thank you so much for making Locked On Sun Levels your first listen every day. Again, we are free and available on all platforms. So with that, let's go ahead and dive into the second part of the podcast here, gentlemen. As far as recruiting as a whole, let me kind of throw out a quick question to both you guys. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, Donnie, you, you had mentioned Herm was brought in here for his leadership, which is totally, totally true. Part of the caveat, as you had mentioned, was being able to almost not so much make the promise, but over deliver on the fact that, Hey, I've got experience in the NFL. I know what I'm doing here. I've got this great persona with me. Like your kid's going to have success when they come here to Tempe, if he doesn't have the ability to recruit right now and outside of the leadership, like does Herm Edwards, give you, uh, give you confidence in any other sense as a coach?
1: Not really. just because we already talked about earlier. um, You know, if you can't, if you can't necessarily get the talent, through recruiting, you have to be a very well-adjusted coach and have to be able um, to make the best of what you already have on the football field. The Sun Devils had quite the talented team last year. I, I would say probably the best team they've had stroll through Tempe in a while, and they still weren't really able to do anything about it and you you look at the the undisciplined um, stretches that they had uh, you know the the 16 penalty game at BYU the other two 13 penalty games they had um, the 21 to 7 dropped lead at Utah um, that they you know kind of suffered over the second half Um, the the collapse they saw in the second part of the season just at, at least from a coaching perspective not very phenomenal and here's the thing too A lot of people might be mad at me, but I'm just going to come out and say it. Beating Arizona every year should not be this kind of accomplishment. It it should be the the lowest standard for ASU. Arizona State had a season to where they should have made the Pac-12 championship game. Winning it is a whole other animal. Making the Pac-12 title game in Las Vegas should have been the minimum for this team. I've seen people kind of say, OK, you know, let's group whatever. We still beat the Wildcats 77 blah, blah, blah. That's fun. But you're settling for mediocrity. And as an Arizona State fan, that's exactly what you had with Todd Graham. That's why Ray Anderson got rid of Todd Graham, because sure, you could beat U of A every year. But if you're not really growing, if you're not reaching those new heights, you're not necessarily making the strides that you want to be at. For a university, guys, I was watching the college football national championship game last night between Georgia and Alabama, and I couldn't help but think how far behind, not even the Sun Devils, but the Pac-12 as a conference, including Oregon, including USC, how far behind we are behind everybody else.
0: Yeah, totally. Exactly. It, it's, it's not, it's not news, right? Like you're not reporting that as like breaking news, right? It, unfortunately, that's been the stigma about the PAC 12 for a long, long time. And I, I understand, yes, you have Lincoln Riley and that's one big school, but Lincoln Riley is not going to change the culture of the PAC 12. I'm sorry. He's not. And I kind of, in one sense, I almost kind of hope he doesn't because that I mean USC, one of my least favorite college football teams uh, is having, what? just. It, it, I know unbelievable. It is just having this uh, stupid amount of success. So, uh it just—it is what it is. It's unfortunate for a, a lot of the other, um, really, the Pac-12 as a whole. Like when we talk about Power Five conferences, kind of feels like Power Four and the Pac-12 just kind of sitting over there with the label of being a Power Five uh, conference, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, and then really quick before Richie takes over, I do want to say just in terms of recruiting, they're gonna have to hit a transfer portal hard again. Yep, and they—they they are really rolling the dice on getting experienced kids to come through and have the success that previous kids had for uh, ASU in the Transfer Portal in 2021.
2: Yeah, I, I think you guys nailed it pretty good. I don't really have anything else to add on, Donnie, if you want to continue. Well, actually, Richie, let, let me actually kind of just throw this
0: question to you. Speaking of like recruiting, so right now we know the class of 2022 is not going to be good. I think we will get the answer uh, to the sanction violations before the the national recruiting day for the 2023 class. Like there's a lot of time between now and then. And if we don't have an answer to what they've done, I, I have no idea what the heck they're doing. But how deep do you think essentially like a lot of the players transferring right now? How deep do you think this is going to impact the Sun Devils in terms of recruiting? Do you think it's just going to be 2022? 2023 is it going to impact the next incoming head coach because it let, let's just to preface this like earlier we had talked about some of the successful players that have gone on to the nfl uh the brandon iukes uh, Nikhil harry who was a first round pick a uh, frank darby uh, those weren't his guys right so if the next coach is coming in but players quality players aren't coming to the the program how deep do you think that's going to impact asu going forward
2: I mean, it's gonna it's gonna be huge at the end of the day. Like, you need to be able to bring in guys. You can't consistently. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna get to a point where you of a and you're holding out tryouts midseason. And me, you, and Johnny the Blue down the street are gonna go and try out, and we're gonna get starting positions all over the defense because hey, we can rush the passer just as well as they were able to last year, right? So, it, it's gonna be one of those things where you need to really find a way to rebuild your image quickly. Because you are, bit, you're even more more quickly tarnishing everything that you've tried to build up. So it, it's it's like apocalypse from from X Men. Everything they built will fall. <laughs> that's that's what's going on with ASU right now. They've built everything
0: so far like a, a sandcastle, and all it's going to take at one point is like one swift kick from the sanction violations, and it's just all going to crumble. So. I I'm just, I almost feel bad for the next incoming head coach because again, I don't expect him to take over some very good team. And unless it's some sort of like huge name, which things change in sports on a dime. Like I we, we truly can sit here and say what we know, what we think will happen and totally be blown, like proven wrong within like the next year or so. But things change so fast. but That being said, I almost feel bad for that next incoming head coach because I don't think he's going to be given a fair chance here. Uh, so So with that, like, any other thoughts on recruiting? Um, like I, Donnie, I, I know that you had mentioned, um, we we've had a lot of players go, they're going to have to, to kind of recruit uh, recoup everything so far this off season through the remaining tr- um, transfer portal players. There was a number that I threw out on this podcast, probably like a month or so ago. And it was a quote directly from Herm. I, I think right as maybe the season was ending against uh, U of a, so prior to the bowl game, but he threw out like a, we still expect X number of players to kind of come through via the transfer portal. So they're going to be hitting it hard. Right. Uh, probably a number somewhere in like the mid to high teens, if I remember correctly. Uh, any other like big positions? Maybe do you feel like they're going to try to go after as far as uh, recruiting goes? And if you don't have a pulse, in that just yet, that's fine. We can kind of talk about that at a later date.
1: Yeah, I, I don't exactly have a pulse in that quite yet. Um, but with three receivers departing from the transfer portal, I wouldn't be surprised at all um, if they went and just grabbed another receiver through the portal. Uh, and that might have been the case anyway, because the, the three guys that left weren't exactly top tier guys, and the Sun Devils are really going to need another guy that's not named Ricky Pearsall to step up in 2022 for Arizona State. Um, however, I, I was really interested, and I'm sure you guys will touch on this probably in the next episode. Um, the Wyoming running back commit that actually had just transferred to ASU like mi- minutes before we hopped on this podcast. The, the Wyoming commit. Um, already going to a backfield with Daniel Ngata, who I, I know the coaches feel strong about all three of us in the podcast feel pretty strong about. And then um, you have Ngata there and you have Tevin White, the ASU's number one recruit in the class of 2022, um, you know, kind of s- supposed to be the guy in the backfield next season. I was really intrigued to see uh, them land another running back like that. So I, I'm sure somebody is going to kind of be the, the third wheel heading to 2022. I don't know if that's going to be Ngata again. I don't know if that's going to be Tevin White due to his inexperience. Uh, but I, I know AC loves to run of football, but I, I was definitely surprised that another running back went to, to uh, commit to Arizona State.
2: Yeah, I had to pull up those numbers just to take a look. This dude is very accomplished in his four years, which includes a five-game season in 2020 because of the COVID year. He rushed for 3,200 yards, 19 touchdowns, added another 584 yards through the air and two more touchdowns. So this guy is no stranger to production. He, he's a good-sized kid, too. He's foot two ni- or not 298, geez, and crow, 190, <laughs> 198. This, this isn't a Madden player that you make, but, I mean, dude, dude is seriously, like, productive. And I'm gonna to have to sit down and watch him because just looking at that resume makes me very excited.
0: Yeah, so I don't think we've mentioned his name yet, but Xavier Valade, uh, I believe is how you pronounce his name. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about him a little bit later on this week, but it, it would not be that surprising if he's the biggest recruit, or uh, I, I should say, transfer portal player that we have uh, for the remaining of the off season. But definitely, exactly what Zach Hill wanted, wants to be able to run the ball with now three solid running backs. From what they believe they have, plus Jaden Daniels' legs. It seems to be a carbon copy of their plan from last year. Ideally, they can replace Rashad White and then obviously upgrade the passing game a little bit more. Uh, so, with that, let's go ahead and move on to the last part of our podcast here. Uh, but first, we have to talk to you about our good friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code locked on to get started from football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Gentlemen, it's another day, essentially another canceled game for ASU. Uh, Initially early on in the season, I should say like maybe middle of December, they had uh, a couple games canceled against some California schools uh, due to COVID outbreaks in their locker rooms. But now ASU has had, I think it's two, two or three games canceled so far um, due to a COVID outbreak in their locker room. So they had the game against U of A that was canceled, right? And they played against Cal just before then. And they had, uh, the game against Utah now can canceled, which I think is at least their second. There might be a third in there, if I'm not mistaken. The UCLA also got canceled. Uh, the second time, yeah. Okay, yep, yep, yep. That's the third game that I'm thinking of. So, uh, do you guys realize – so, essentially, uh, let me pull – I have their schedule here. So, December 14th uh, – t- 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 sorry, that's my stalling noise right there. December 14th, they played against Creighton. Uh, and then, they essentially, since then uh, – so, what will be about 30 days – So that'll be this upcoming Saturday, January 15th. They will have played against San Francisco. They will have rescheduled essentially and played a game against Cal all the way on January 2nd. And then they finally get their third game in about 30 days against Colorado here in Tempe three games in 30 days in college basketball. We have talked about this team in a number of different angles, right? Uh, A lot of it early on in the season, Richie, it was just more of like a, here's hoping we can go on a run. Here's hoping that we can find some quality players uh, outside of Marcus Bagley, right? We've had DJ Horn play very solid throughout the season, but this team just, they're, they're not cutting it. Like they're, they're not disappointing us on the court, right? We haven't watched them play what feels like in so long. And their last game against Cal was certainly a game to forget. Um, But let me ask you guys this. And I know we we haven't even played half of our games yet this year. The coaching staff's not going to take it this way. The players aren't going to think of it this way. Should we kind of chalk this season up as like a lost season for the Sun Devils basketball team?
1: I'm, I'm sitting here trying to figure out where they're going to kind of pin in uh, these four conference games that, that were postponed yep. and will probably have to be made up at some point before the, the PAC 12 tournament gets underway in early March. Um, I, I I don't know how you can kind of squeeze all of this in. And I mean, think about this. If you're already canceling a game on Thursday, you know how much better are things going to get in a two-day span to where you can play on a Saturday, right? Yeah. Um, so it was a, it was a very interesting. Um, I, I tried to hit some people up within uh, ASU. They never exactly got back to me. I didn't think it was funny, though, because um, – Like ha we funny or
0: ironic funny? A little bit need of both, actually. We need some ha-ha funny right now.
1: Yeah, really. Um, I I had emailed somebody um, within ASU uh, for uh, like game information just about like Thursday and Saturday, mm-hmm. and this was Sunday, and it never got back to me. And I'm like, that's really weird because they're usually pretty good at getting back to me. So uh, I I almost had a feeling something was up, and then we got the news yesterday that the game on Thursday was canceled, and it, this is just a mess because it, uh, the women's basketball team is also dealing with that outbreak for um, their squad as well. So, you know, it's not just exclusive to the men's basketball team. So uh, really not a great time to be a Sun Devil basketball player or fan. In terms of chalking up the season, though, for a loss, I mean, you were really banking on them at least being able to play games, right, to kind of get that continuity going. If you're not going to have the top-tier talent that teams like Arizona, teams like UCLA are going to have – You need to kind of, you know, form and get those in-game experiences that your starting five and your bench players can kind of mold together. Say, hey, you know what? We played through this. We played through that. Sure, they got five-star kids everywhere all across the roster, but you know what? We know how to play as a team. Three games in 30 days will not give you that opportunity. And so, okay, you know, like I talked about a little bit earlier, the four conference games they are going to have to make up. If if you're going to squeeze those in, you know, in any time period, I mean, I'm I'm looking at um, I think the the largest break for ASU heading into the regular season finale is it looks like five days. And that only happens a couple of times throughout the second half of the season. So, I mean, are we looking at back to back? So, I mean, are we going to tire these kids out just in the name of getting these games out? And it's like, okay, if you don't play those conference games, which they probably will at some point you know how do you determine the, the seating for the pac-12 tournament which will basically be Arizona State's only hope of making the NCAA tournament there's a lot of ramifications there's a lot of like thought that a pac-12 conference is going to have to put into scheduling for the Sun Devils but I'm right now that the overall scope of the season does not look good they're no, juggling
2: I... sorry Richie, go ahead go ahead no you're good I was just gonna jump in real quick like it, it just it, it's such a bleak outlook right now because you're not able to get onto the court and you're not able to sway anyone's opinions and it, it just I, I know me and Connor come across more often than not as debbie downers when it, particularly when it comes to this basketball team and unfortunately I just I'm keeping that same mantra right now. like it just it feels like this season is pretty much everything but over at this point and you're getting really close to the over right now versus the under. Yes, and unfortunately, we're, we're not going to hit either because we don't know how to play the spread because that, that's the Arizona State way.
0: Well, it's, that's a little different. There's a spread in the over-under, but but I totally agree. We never cover.
2: Ooh, um, look at me. I'm Connor. I know how to bet. Ugh. I'm a gambling addict. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm not Richie who's way under, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> um, so it's not even like ASU, right? The PAC Pac 12 has to juggle so many different schools getting games canceled right now. Initially with UCLA and USC, now Arizona state, it feels like a very easy bet to say we're not going to be the last team to be affected by a COVID outbreak. Donnie, to your point, we have several games, especially upcoming. Uh, So essentially after uh, Colorado, then we get Stanford. Uh, There is a sizable gap in there. And then again, to Arizona, we get another like five days or so you can try to squeeze in some of those games there, but the team's, impacted positively right now. So if you put these games kind of back to back to back, like maybe they can start to squeeze them in, but for a team that might not be totally clearing um, all these positive cases, the games are probably just going to get canceled and rescheduled anyways. Um, at some point yet, you, you have to look at not playing all the games. I, I don't know what that number is off the top of my head, but feasibly you can't make these kids play so many back to backs. Uh, it, it's just, it's not going to happen. Right. Uh, so at, at this point, Obviously, we hope everyone does get healthy. It's not so important about just playing basketball games. Uh, it's affecting everybody, not just the NCAA right now. But
1: And here's the thing, too. Logistically, it's going to be a mess because – we're only looking at Arizona State's schedule. So we're not looking at UCLA's schedule and what could work for them. We're not looking at Arizona's schedule and looking at them. Utah, um, you know USC, whoever the school might be, uh, they really need to find what is going to work for every team. Yeah. This puzzle they're going to try to have to assemble. So logistically, I mean, this is a nightmare for the Pac-12.
0: It's a puzzle and there's pieces missing. So I, I don't envy the guy who has to figure that out or the group of people that do. Uh, but good luck. So I, all I know is at this point, I want to see ASU play some good quality basketball games. Uh, Bobby Hurley, I know we talked about him with you before. I, I, I like Bobby. I, I really do. I, I don't want him to be able to go out this way if that's how that happens this season. Um, I, he, I, I, Whatever happens with this basketball team, they weren't given a, a overly fair chance. But that being said, the opportunities they have had so far have not looked good. And for essentially like, uh, the athletic director, Ray Anderson, right? Or no, no, yeah, Ray Anderson. What yeah. he's going to have to do going forward is kind of what he's been given, what he's seeing. So um, with that, we'll go ahead and kind of close down the podcast for today. I, ideally, when we talk to Donnie Druin, next time we'll be able to talk about some positive basketball notes. Uh, but for now, we'll go ahead and cap it right there. So press X to doubt. <laughs> I said, hopefully, come come on, you know, just kidding, right? um but, but make sure to give donnie Druin a follow you can find him on twitter at donnie Druin, and then also his all sun devils, uh at um si give his twitter page a follow that's just all sun devils right donnie it's at all sun devils yes sir yep uh make sure to give richie and i a, a follow as well you can find me connor drios at c drios you can find richie bradshaw at richie brads with a z 36 We have content that comes out Monday through Friday. Make sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you're getting your podcasts. That could be Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Odyssey app. And never miss an episode whenever we drop that for you guys. Uh, But again, thank you so much for making us your your first listen every day. Uh, Make sure to come back later on this week. So that's going to be Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We'll be breaking down some more transfer portal news, uh, any sort of basketball news if the Sun Devils do get to play uh, at some point this week as well. Now make your second listen, Locked On Bets. They're gonna be your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. You guys keep it locked on right here with the Locked On Podcast.